Where's the crown? Thank you so much that, that you are who you are. Thank you for bringing us here today. God, I pray that you continue to bring to light in our minds anything that you want us to confess to you and to surrender to you. And God, we really want to ask your forgiveness for any way that we've um, sinned or gone against you today. And God, with that being said, we really want to surrender our lives to you right now. We want to ask you to be on the throne of our heart. We want to ask you to fill us and control us with your spirit, to be able to hear what you have to teach us today and to be able to grow how you want and to be able to then be the influence in the, in the people around us like Dakota talked about a minute ago. So Jesus, we give you this time. Thank you for all that you're going to do. We love you. Amen. So how many of you guys are ready to dig into this today? I told, you that, I told you last week that this would be very interactive and that each of you would be working through this filter that we're calling it together today. 
So we're going to do that. So we're going to take the first half hour, and I'm not even going to speak. I'm going to give you guys some worksheets, and we're going to have some different groups break through different parts of, of the filter, and then afterwards we're going to come up here and share. So my goal isn't just to sit here and speak in this class, but it's really going to have, uh, it's really going to be for you guys to work through these issues and then to report on them in front of the rest of the group. And then together, the rest of us, whoever's reporting, we can be taking notes on what he said and then we can contribute afterwards, but we'll each focus on different areas each week. And that will rotate. So if, say, Nate is looking at the scriptural references today and Heather's looking at historical occurrences, maybe next week you guys will switch or something like that so that we all get really good at, at each part of this filter. And again, in case you don't remember from last week, the filter goes like this. What does the Bible say specifically about this issue? Right. So we're going to take many different issues and I'm going to go through the syllabus. In fact, let's do that now and then we'll, we'll talk about the filter. We're going to go through partying, <coughs> drinking, and drugs today. So we're going to talk about what a Christian perspective on those issues should be. And I think that uh, it'll be really good. Next week we're going to talk about sex and we're going to talk about different perversions of that, right? So we're not just going to talk about sex, but we're going to talk about porn, homosexuality, different things like that, and kind of get a biblical perspective on all that. Uh, the week after that we're going to talk about postmodernism and truth being relative, because that's something that we hit a lot, or that we see a lot on campus. And then after that we're going to talk about political correctness. Because I think that's what's being preached to you guys constantly. Mm -hmm. Don't say something that you shouldn't say. Don't offend somebody. Don't do something. Right? And, and you're being taught to suppress your own faith so that you won't offend others. It's extremely bad boundaries, but it's kind of the law of the land. So we're going to hit that from a scriptural perspective and see. Those first four weeks are basically dealing with social myths. They're dealing with different aspects of your faith that society tries to control or manipulate or deceive you in. After that, we're going to go into Christian myths. And over the next four weeks after that, we're going to talk about sensationalistic experiences ranging from angel feathers to smoking Holy Spirit marijuana. We'll just talk about what happens with all Yeah, we'll talk about these, these um, sensationalistic experiences. Uh, the week after that, February 28th, we're going to talk about the emergent church because that's a big thing with college students. A lot of college students really, and, and none of these, well, maybe not, maybe I shouldn't say none of these. A lot of these have aspects of truth. So the emergent church, there are going to be things in there that really are legit. At the same time, there are going to be some big dangers. We'll see all that. And we'll work it all out according to this filter. March 14th, we're going to get into legalistic denominations. Right, so another Christian myth. And then we're going to close out the Christian myths by talking about prosperity preachers, right, and the whole prosperity gospel. Then we're going to go to secular myths to close out the semester. We're going to talk about Christian cults. So Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, branches like that that came out of Christianity but that are now fully secular. They're not Christian. And we're going to talk about New Age beliefs because a lot of those are permeating our culture, whether it's Oprah or somebody else or some popular <laughs> book, right? They are. Those things are spreading like crazy, and a lot of Christians are buying right into them. We're going to talk about Islam on April 11th. I think that's important because it is one of the fastest growing religions in the world. Obviously, we've gone through the stats that... that tell us that Christianity is growing more than twice as fast as Islam. Praise God. Right? Christians are coming to know him. But still, you guys are going to be exposed to that a lot more in your lifetimes, right? And so we're really going to get to scripture and, and history and all that and look at that. Then we're going to close out the entire semester looking at Eastern religions on April 18th. And because a lot of that's coming into the classroom, right? There are professors here that claim to be Buddhists. 
their actual <laughs> version of Buddhism is nothing like what it really is in Buddhist areas, but they're going to preach it to you, right? And so this is going to be having an influence in your education, and a lot of people in, the, in your futures are going to espouse certain Eastern beliefs. You'll need to be prepared to deal with those according to Scripture. So that's going to kind of be the syllabus for this class. And each week what we're going to do is we're going to take out this filter and just go through it. I, I'm going to prepare very little on a weekly basis for this class because I don't want to come in and just speak, but I really want this to be a class where we work through this together and learn how to think critically in line with God's Word. Does that make sense? So it's not going to be a typical class per se. I've never done something quite like this, so I'm excited to see how it goes. So be patient. We, we're in this together, in this learning process together. So here are the different layers of the filter. Number one is what does the Bible say specifically about that issue? So today we're going to look at what does the Bible say about partying, about drinking, and about drugs. Scripture has a lot to say about those things. right? So we're going to look at what it says specifically about those issues. Then we're going to look at what, what the Bible says <coughs> about uh, different principles that might govern those issues. right? So we're going to look at biblical principles that those would fall under, that those things would fall under. Then we're going to look at the 21 signs of deception and see what different aspects of deception apply to this issue, right? Not all of them will apply to it, but some of them will. We'll check that out. Finally, we're, our, then we're going to check out the historical occurrence of this issue. A lot of you guys have computers. Every group is going to have to have a computer to look up different aspects of what they're, they're responsible for and then to share those. And then finally, we're going to conclude with what the fruit of that issue is, both in my life and in other people's lives. Right? Because I think that Jesus said, you can judge a tree by its fruit. So if the fruit is bad, probably the issue is bad. Right? So all these together are going to give us a, a godly or a biblical perspective on this issue. No one filter is probably going to tell us all the answers. Right? There might be some ambiguity, whereas sometimes it might be clear-cut. But all these together are going to be able to point to paint the picture exactly how Scripture intense. So without further ado, let's break into some groups and why don't we get some of these passed out. Jake, will you pass these out to everybody? <coughs> so we're going to get started right now. We're going to go through the filters, specific verses, biblical principles, 21 signs of, of deception, history, and uh, the fruit that it produces. So right now, why don't you guys come up and kind of tell us some of the specific verses that deal with these issues of drinking, partying, and and drugs. So go for it, guys. And keep it to about four minutes or so. And talk loud, because you're on video. Alright, so I guess the first verse we looked at was um, Galatians 5.20, which talks about um, living by the Spirit or living by the flesh. And uh, it talks about um, to abstain from sorcery. That's one of the of the flesh and sorcery, when translated into Greek, is the word pharmakia, which means drug use. Um, and at the end of the verse, one of the passages says, um, put to the, you've crucified um, the deeds of the flesh, and now you live by the Spirit. So that's obviously um, condoning, not condoning that. Um, and then there's 1 Corinthians 10, 6-7, which was uh, debauchery, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is... Another word for sensuality, which is um, excess, um, kind of like, I, I guess it's just revelry as well, but um, just overt, um, kind of ridiculous lifestyle, I guess. Yeah. That's how you describe that. 
collaboration with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then another one that we really, that we saw, um, I think it was sick. Like, what would be a boundary or an example that you guys would give debauchery? You know what I mean? Like, what would be good to be debauchery? What would be good? Like, where, where, like, where would you say, boom, that's already crossing the line, you know what I mean? Well, I think, like, the definition of it is it's not out of line. You know, it's, it's an extreme mm -hmm. way of life, I guess, is what the definition seems to be of that. And then carousing, we looked at him, and that's what he's talking about was the uh, partying, um, being ridiculous in the street, getting drunk. Um, I guess like a lot of it seemed like out of control of your own um, reasoning. So, okay. I, I guess that's what I saw a lot of those definitions. And it seems like everything, there wasn't really any verses that talked about it as a good thing, you know. Um, like there's definitely verses where Jesus is drinking with his disciples, but it's never in excess. It's mm -hmm. never to the extent where they're um, out of control of themselves. Cool. All right. Yeah. Okay, next group, you guys are going to talk about biblical principles and what biblical principles would kind of govern these issues. Alright, so we got the principles of this whole issue. And the first uh, principle is in John, 1 John 5, 2 through 5, 2 through 5. And that's based 1 John 5, 2 through 5. And uh, that basically, it says like this is how like, you know what love is. 
For this is what love is, and that's uh, for us to love God, and to love God is to obey and His commands. And um, you want to read that or? Just basically like our love for Him, you know. Oh, we just cover the first verses. It says, "This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out His commands. This is love for God to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome." Kind of goes on talking about that. Yeah. yeah. All right, and the next one is in 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 6. And uh, this is uh, what Paul's talking to Timothy about being an example for uh, believers. And that's uh, just being, basically being an example in, uh, in speech, speech, life, love, faith, and purity. And uh, I don't know, just like if you want to, if you really want to like just be an example to other believers and not like do those things, and then just leave an example for everyone else. says, do not let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for believers in speech and life and love and faith and in purity. For believers, it says? Mm-hmm. All right, so next one, Roman 13, Romans 13, 1 through 5, which is uh, basically asking, like, if, like, what you're doing, is it, like, illegal, you know? Like, kind of ask her like, that question. Do you to the authorities? Yeah. What was that, you know? Romans 13, 1 through 5. All right, and then also in Romans, we got uh, Romans 14, 21, which is, uh, like, is what you're doing causing your brother to stumble or anyone around you causing them to stumble in their walk with God? I'll, I'll read this one to you because it almost specifically applies to drinking. It says, um, it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother to stumble. Sure. It's like talking specifically to that. And that could apply to anything else, you know, like don't do anything that would really cause your brother or sister to stumble in that walks with God or distract them. Then also another one in Romans, Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah, so I'm like thinking of that says, like, offer your body as a holy sacrifice. So obviously if you go out and party and, like, drink excessively do drugs that's not like really respecting your body and also like first for first Corinthians uh, 6 19 it says like treat your body as like a temple you know so like doing all that bad stuff probably won't help be doing that too what was that last one uh, uh first Romans 12 yeah well I said first Corinthians first Corinthians 6 19 starts there and then also for this uh in order to like kind of stray away from this and like kind of get in the way from this is uh, Galatians 5, 23, which is like the fruit of the spirit and then like which specifically like towards all this stuff is self-control, you know, like you can like drink wine, like you can't just go out there and just do it in excessive, you have to have a limit and everything, you can't do it to put you out of control. And then also Ephesians 5, 8, 
just be like uh, just be filled with the Holy Spirit, you know. Instead of being drunk. Yeah. Five eighteen. Yeah. Five eighteen. Five two what? Five eighteen. No. Uh -huh. Oh five twenty two. And also at the end of this, like just uh first Corinthians ten thirty one, you know, like just do everything for the glory of God. And just set an example. Love God, obey his commands, and should be set. Sweet, thanks guys. Okay. Twenty one signs of deception. What which ones apply? You guys want to get up and tell us? Yeah. Just check them all off. <laughs> you can just read whichever ones and tell us why or whatever. Keep, keep it kind of short. Stay right here. You feel important. Okay. Um, emphasis on signs and wonders. When it comes to the, like, it really depends on how you're viewing all of these aspects. And so, we're checking them off if there's any correlation whatsoever is what we were doing. But at the end, we're going to go back and explain where this doesn't necessarily apply. Um, emphasis on signs and wonders. We both like agreed with the fact that there's people that actually, like in the realm of hallucinogenic, like drugs and stuff, they'll use it for that because they're they're craving, like the concept of like signs and wonders and like a false reality. Um, you want to keep going? Yeah, division among believers. Um, there's you know people are gonna have their different opinions. Some, you know, some people, somebody may be like, yeah, it's okay to, to smoke weed or whatever. It's no, it's no problem. So, I mean, that's just kind of a mm -hmm. basic uh, disagreement, I'd say, among people. For sure. Like, alcohol, too, is probably the same thing. Um, flattery and nice-sounding arguments that are actually empty but deceiving. Like, like, how many of you guys have ever heard that, like, argument on, like, you know, marijuana is okay to smoke because the Bible talks about, you know, God giving us plants for, I don't even know where the verse is, it's pretty ridiculous. And to someone who's naive and, you know, just coming to be a believer, like, that would sound awesome, you know, like, be like, oh, it's in the Bible, therefore, I can keep smoking weed or, or whatnot. So, no, that's where we're getting out of that. So, is getting drunk, smoking weed, and partying a distraction from simple and pure devotion to Christ? Yes. <laughs> I don't think that needs to be explained. Foolishness. Yes. <laughs> Physical roughness. You're sloppy drunk, and you're getting picking fights with people. Yeah. Um, pretty physical. Been there. Pretty physical. Been there. Not good. Legalism and manipulation. Um. What did what did we? we what did we talk about? Like there was two aspects. That, 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 right? that was uh, obey oh, yeah, the law of the land. For from for the legalism aspect, as Christians we're called to obey the laws of the land. And in many places it's illegal. This won't apply at all. And yeah. And then they're also tricking ages and yeah. But then again, yeah. from a different perspective of like a least legalistic perspective, some Christians might be like, oh no. You know what I mean? So like, it can be like we're we're taking it from both of those those sides. Um, special revelation from God in a common form of Christianity. I mean, I guess that there's there's 
like there's several different forms of, of faith systems that would they would use substances to sort of find a way to connect with God and get specific revelations, you know? That can go back to the first line, since on signs and wonders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. So uh, speculation and fruitless discussion. <laughs> I don't think we really need to go into that. Fruitless discussion, obviously, when you're drunk, you're not making too much sense. Yeah. And speculation, um, that can go, that can be related to weed or alcohol, but weed in general because uh, it causes you to, you know, you just think Par differently. Paranoia. Yeah. And AI yeah, can mm -hmm. have it differently. For sure. Distraction from doing God's work by faith. You're definitely not doing it by faith if you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so um, it's definitely distraction. Confidence without understanding. Yes, I would say. Also, back to being drunk, um, you can be quite full of yourself. And uh, yeah, without much to back up. You're obviously searching for confidence in a substance because you're not fulfilling yourself in the Holy Spirit to get that confidence. And so it's, yeah. Um, does it continue, does it continue going further and further away from the truth and getting crazier and crazier? I think very much so. Like, especially, well, in any of these aspects, like, they're, they can become addictions. And so, and it's like, with, with drugs, especially, like, or even, like, parties too, like or alcohol and any of them, like they can just absorb you so much to the point where truth just gets entirely distorted. It just gets more and more and more cloudier the deeper and deeper you go, and that's like where you fall into the realm of debauchery. Like there's no limits, and so you just get lost since there's no fixed boundaries. So yeah. Strange doctrines, myths, and stories which differ from sound doctrine. It was the same thing as the other two, the other two yeah. that we were talking so it's about. It's on signs and wonders and special revelations. Uh, yeah. And the next one is the same thing as well, like hidden agenda, secrecy about true beliefs and teachings. That's what I was asking Cameron before. Like, you, just an example, like, um, and this is the same thing with a shaman in South America. Like, they'll use this plant called the ayahuasca plant um, is a very secretive and traditional hallucinogenic and it's like built into their whole like faith system I guess and um, and that's what they and they, they, t they tend to keep it on the down low it's only like the tribe or anything that will, that will really know the whole scoop on it so they try to keep it sacred like you said Cameron you know mm -hmm. same thing with peyote and stuff like that so, yeah. Number 14, hidden agenda or secrecy about... No, that's what we just did. <laughs> sensuality and appeal to people's fleshly desires and emotions. It talks about in the Bible a lot. Um, I think they shared it. I forget which verse it is, but, you know, that's the fruit of the flesh, uh, debauchery, and, uh, you know, getting drunk and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, it says right there, appeal to people's fleshly desires and emotions. That's what we're, you know, that's what our flesh wants us to do so often. Mm -hmm. That's just, ah, that's exactly. Um, 
Jesus slash Christianity gets a bad rap. It's a that's a tough one because like, well, like you you said, um, you have to be a, a clean cut Christian. You can't do that or whatnot. But at the same time, that's that's a personal that's a personal opinion. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied into these things. So it can be, but like you said, from a Christian standpoint, it could be seen as is, is wrong. Uh, and I'll just throw in there too, and I don't want to interrupt you guys. Often we'll talk with people about Christ that say, I do not, and Jake, we were talking about this the other day, they say, I won't trust Christ because of that hypocritical Christian mm-hmm. in my dorm. And when they say that, it, they are always, like nine out of ten times, they're talking about either partying or, uh, or sex. Mm-hmm. One of those things, though. But Christ and Christianity are getting a bad rap because yeah. of one guy's like, excesses, going back to this whole For sure. excess thing. <clears throat> Very good. Greed and materialism. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that um, they lead up to it. Oh, like we talked about how like people who buy into this concept to try to fulfill themselves with greed and materialism will realize that there's nothing they can fulfill themselves with that, and so they might turn to substances like alcohol, drugs, partying, um, to try to fill that void even more, and it can it's just is empty is is greed of materialism basically so and I feel like the whole like status based on what party you can get into that that can go back to that too. Mm-hmm. got into this party so I'm awesome <laughs> uh, awesome um, taking advantage of people if you think about it in the realm of addiction um like the, all these things can can like lead you into the point of addiction, and I know multiple stories where where people are so wrapped up in, in all of these areas that like that's what they just constantly do. They become master manipulators, master masters in taking advantage of people. So that's the first thing that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pride that goes back to greed and materialism, um, and it fuels your pride too. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's. Uh, they they base their like accomplishments on like all like um, you know drinking drugs all that uh, yeah or yeah dude chugged thirty beers last night I'm still standing you know I'm awesome you know, like um, the promise of freedom or something more yes it's a false it's a false lie like you will find you're gonna fly dude just <laughs> just just hit it up man you know you'll be free free as a bird you know I mean that's just that's a little crop dude so yeah and finally uh, non-christian actions uh, or acting like we did before Christ that goes back to your fleshly desires and uh, yeah what Nate what Nate said you know um, that's just that's we're supposed to be uh, good examples of what a Christian is, and if we're if we're you know portraying that nothing has changed once we accept Christ, then that's going to mm-hmm. have a negative effect for sure. Definitely. And then finally, we're going to get to the what is the fruit of the issue? You know. Well, obviously, now we're going to like turn it around. Um, 
if you look at drugs from a medical standpoint, like we were just talking about, um, there's several benefits that you can you can get from it. You know, whether like we were talking last Thursday, whether it boils down to depression. You know, like it's something that could decloud your mind, so you can end up like being able to to think thing, to think straightly and, and, and get your stuff together with, and you know, like actually put Christ on the throne. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, ibuprofen was like an example of Jack gave us. You know, like for me, like um, it's as simple as that. Medically, medically, it doesn't necessarily have to be bad, but you still have to be careful because they can still become addictions. Like I know people that are addicted to ibuprofen. That's ridiculous. Um, and then another aspect, if you think of like the party scene and alcohol. If you approach it from the right angle, you have proper accountability, you have, you know, you're definitely filled with the Holy Spirit, you're putting Christ on the throne, um, it's a, it can be a great way of meeting people where they're at. And socially, like, well not necessarily meeting people where they're at, but like, you can socially interact with people and it's a, it's a way that you could, I guess, go fishing. Um, and it, you don't necessarily... Like, if you can definitely, because it depends how you define party, you know? If you're going out, you're socially dancing, having a great time, you know, staying out late, there's really nothing wrong with that necessarily, like, if it's all good, healthy fun. Um, and that can just be a great way of building relationships with people, I guess. Um, and then finally, you know, another positive aspect, you're taking communion. I wanted to talk about that for a second. I wanted to, before we ended today, I wanted to mention this too. Well, you guys are going to mention this first about the historical context. Most so, of them. I'll, I'll talk about all it. Them. We're getting most of them. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Almost all. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't. I didn't think all of them would come up. In fact, I didn't work through that. I want you guys to work through that. So that's interesting. You guys are tying something together. I had no idea would tie together. Okay, and then you guys got pros and cons under fruit. Okay, you ladies want to come up and tell us the, the some just some history, and we'll keep it quick because we're we're going late. If you have to leave, go ahead and leave. Why don't you guys go ahead? Sorry, we shared too long. It's okay. We're all learning this process right now together. So. Heading up with a computer. Josh, go. Josh, <laughs> So in First Peter four three, it says, "For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, darkness, and carnality." And then um, we looked at Romans thirteen thirteen that says, "Let us." Behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, and not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality. Um, and then we looked at the original definition of carousing, and it was like a nocturnal and riotous position of half drunken and frolicsome fellows. Um, so they basically like paraded around in the streets and with their torches and music and honored um, Bacchus, I don't know. He was like the god of wine or they honored like other deities and um, 
I don't want to encourage others towards that, if at all possible. The party scene, I think, is a little bit more clear-cut. In Scripture, every time it's mentioned, it says, that was your former way of life, don't go there anymore. And even, I, you guys mentioned it, and I think you have the right heart and perspective, but here's what I'm going to, what I want to kind of like bring up, is there's nowhere in Scripture where it says, engage in the party scene to win people for Christ. And all that stuff happened when Christ was on this earth. I mean, when Christ was on this earth, they were having these parties that they talk about in Scripture. They had brothels and places where you could go and socialize and drink and things like that. And Jesus reached out to those people, but he never did it in those places. Does that make sense? And I think that's because when we, when we engage in certain types of atmospheres, that comes back to our reputation, which we all mentioned. Does that make sense? And so if you're just having fun and it happens to be late, like you guys have kind of heard, heard you guys were up to like 3 in the morning playing groundsies and stuff. Okay, that's fun at night, and it's totally glorifying to God. That's awesome. That's different than the party scene. If you're going to reach people for Christ at a party, I can pretty much guarantee you none of them are there hoping to get reached for Christ. <laughs> Not to say God couldn't do a miracle. I actually know a lady that got saved at a bar. But anyway, because somebody shared with her. But God could redeem all sorts of stuff. But I think scripturally we're supposed to stay away from the party scene, both because of how it could affect Christ's reputation among unbelievers, and, uh, and because of just our own being able to stand. And that for me, freshman year, you guys have heard me share this story. I was in the party scene and I'd always say, well, that's fine, I'm not getting drunk. And a friend of mine challenged me. She said, well, you might not be getting drunk. You might be having a beer, right? And I said, yeah, just one, just one. And she said, she said, well, everybody else there, are they drunk? I said, yeah. And she said, so you think that when they being drunk, look at you holding a beer, they know that you're not drunk? It's like, oh. they probably have no they idea. They're not drinking. Well, yeah, maybe, but uh, so still, I guess that'd be something to think through. Once I went as a designated driver to a party, somebody started shooting a gun and all this stuff. It was hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> not the kind of scene I want to be involved in. Yet. Okay, so I guess again, those people need Jesus, but I'm guessing that typically that's not the best place to reach them, right? But there are other good places to reach them. Well, also something like confidence in the flesh, you know? Yeah. Expose that thing, like we're like, oh, I'm not going to drink, but we're just totally. On our, all our confidence in ourselves and not on like God's yeah. God, spirit. I mean, could you see Jesus going into a bar? And I mean, I'm not going to be legalistic about that, but I, would, I totally know he'd be reaching every drunk in that bar. I just bet he'd be re reaching them on Main Street. You know what I mean? Just because of the reputation issue and a lot of other things. Uh, and then finally, drugs. Getting that up before we go. Yeah, from all those scriptures, that's like an absolute no, right? Violates law of the land. Uh, Pharmakia, both in Galatians 5 and then Revelation 18, says, like, don't get into it. That's kind of a broad perspective uh, on all these issues. Did you guys like doing that? Yeah. yeah. Was, that kind of, was that kind of good to like, really just get in the scripture and dig it up on your own? Okay, we're going to do that next week again on this issue of sex and sexual morality and different issues like that. Okay, and keep your notes. Oh, that's fine. Thank you. Forget that. All right, let's pray and give this to God. Sorry, this is a little late. Let, next week, we will make sure... To go faster. Jesus, we thank you so much that you're so good and that your word is uh, is enough. Thank you that your word gives us the answers. And and it's not just like your word kind of gives a little bit of a shade of an answer. It just seems that you overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly convince us of what you said. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys.